You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Essential Apple Podcast. And it is of course the week where Uncle Tim brought out some new shiny, shiny toys. So, uh, most of all, uh, I expect we'll be talking about that. And I am joined today, as usual, by Donnie. So, hello, Donnie. Hello. Well, what did you what did you make of it? I was um, I was slightly disappointed that there were only iPhones and uh, the watch. I will admit, but I suppose maybe there will be another event later in the year for um ipads and things i don't know what your thoughts are on that well i'm hoping there's another event because i want to get a new mac mini hopefully that rumor is true as you know um we've had that discussion before but i think um the phones were you know bigger um faster better camera as usual nothing um you know nothing groundbreaking i don't think but i think they're going to sell a lot of watches i think the watch is going to be a big hit yes um i i was uh quite impressed by the watch although um at uk prices they start at 400 pounds so i don't think i'll be buying one i might uh i might uh, get myself a newer apple watch than the series zero i currently have but i don't think i'm going to fork over 400 for a for a new one um yeah, i won't be getting one but i i don't have one now either but i think in turn because of that new uh ecg which i don't know what the difference is between that and an ekg but um, people might actually buy the watch and a phone if they don't have one already just for that that uh, feature. Yes, that um, that obviously was big. And and and, and the fall detection, of course, um, right. with the fact that, you know, um, I've slightly, slightly thrown by that because a lot of people are saying, oh, well, I can see people buying them for their elderly parents. But I'm not I'm not sure that an Apple watch is necessarily the best solution for a. Uh, somebody who's elderly and infirm um because it's you know not the not the simplest of devices is it uh, right i guess um, if they're tech savvy i mean my grandmother used her ipad till she was 90 i think she was 91 or 92 years old but well, yeah she, ne- she never had an iphone didn't want one i don't think she'd ever want an apple watch and i think they you're probably they probably have simpler devices but um it's not a bad thing so oh it's definitely not a bad thing and um you know, I, I'm thinking, well, there are plenty of other reasons where, um, or, you know, situations where a fall detector could be handy. I mean, obviously a lot of people, you know, use their Apple Watch for hiking or cycling right. or, you know, if you're if you're out, I don't know, climbing or, or hiking somewhere and you have a fall, um, that could be very, you know, very handy, couldn't it? It um, effectively summons help. You know, they didn't go into how it does, but I assume that it has a some kind of, uh, you know, recorded message that says, so-and-so has fallen and is not responding. I believe he may be unconscious. 
Maybe. Go, go, you know, it's got to be something like that. My, some... my question is, is with the, the heart, even the heart monitor, when it says, you know, it's detecting something's not right, go see medical attention. I wonder how many, how many of those are, um, I don't want to say false alarms, but, you know, like how many calls are doctors going to get now? Because the Apple Watch is telling them they need to call their doctor when maybe it's not really like how accurate it is. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I do. I totally get you. It's sort of what? How many false positives? I I read. Um, I can't remember where, but I read somewhere. Um, I think it. Apple had told somebody, maybe John Gruber or someone like that, that um, for example, the um atrial fib- fibrillation detection, um. It won't. It won't warn you of that unless it's detected it like five times. So yeah, obviously in order to because people might have a minor flutter or something for any number of reasons. Um. So you don't you don't want those people being scared witless with a warning. Speak to your doctor immediately right. about the or state on of the your same heart. Note, but if you um, know if you know you have a heart condition, but and it keeps going off telling you this, do you say, oh yeah, I know about it. I saw my doctor yesterday. Or do you say, okay, it's telling me something's wrong. Do I call my doctor again? Yeah, true. Then again, you know, with something like that, what would, what, what's, what's better? I think, you know, certainly here in the UK, um, a doctor will, you know, the the health professionals will always tell you they'd rather have somebody turn up worried that there's something wrong with them, um, and check them out and say there's nothing wrong with you, you're fine, than people, you know, dropping down dead in the street because right. <laughs> they never bothered to go and get any uh, medical attention. Um, but you also don't want your doctor going, oh, geez, it's it's him again saying something's wrong and nothing. You know, like the yeah. the crisis scenario. Yes. You do not you do not want I mean, that. But I, I, I mean, it's a great feature. But you wonder how. I just wonder how um how that's going to turn out. Yeah, yeah, I, I I I get I get what you're saying there. But I mean, they've got um obviously they got FDA approval for it, so it can't. Right. You know, it must have been checked to be reasonably, um, you know, accurate and not to keep giving false positives or they'd never have got the approval, I would assume. Um, I don't know how strict, you know, FDA type rules are. Um, also, of course, I don't think it's going to be rolled out outside the US to start with. Oh, it's not. I didn't. So um, there we are. Uh, what else about that? I mean, the, the watch was the biggest one. I mean, um, obviously, there's the fact that they've they've shrunk the body of the watch slightly, right, and increased the screen. So the smaller watch, which is now the forty mil, uh, actually has a bigger screen than the forty two mil um, predecessors. Uh, and then there's a forty four, which um, I don't suppose that would be much bigger than the forty two, really. Um, and and then they've, they've they've done this thing, haven't they, where they've enlarged the um, the display and rounded the corners. So um, now they're actually making use of that, which is why they've done all that thing with the complications. Because if you look at um, the earlier watches, there is actually quite a lot of bezel around the display. But because of the way the OLED is very black, black, you don't notice it. Um, It's kind of evolving like the iPhone. Well, yeah, of course. They're going to keep iterating. They'll um, keep chipping away. I I wasn't quite so sure about all those complications. I I wondered if that wasn't a bit OTT. <laughs> but then I, I suppose you don't have to have all those complications on there any more than you have to put on all the complications on a, on the earlier versions. So um, bizarrely, though, they've done away with the edition, haven't they? That was uh, that was the expensive one, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the edition originally was the gold one, wasn't it? Which was you know silly money. Um, but they had 
uh, after that, they had a ceramic edition. I, I can't remember. That was sort of several thousand dollars, but not, you know, $2,000 or something. Um, Maybe uh, manufacturing a new case. Just they decided it wasn't worth the money for I, what it was selling. Yeah, I, I suspect the number of those that sold were not very many. Um, but that's, that was kind of quietly, quietly removed. Nothing really was said. Um, of course, something else that nothing was said about was the air power. That was something most decidedly missing from the event, wasn't it? Did you notice that um, they didn't even really mention wireless charging? No, actually, I haven't even watched the event yet. I only followed it briefly All right. because it was happening um, while I was working. Fair enough. Well, and I haven't had a chance to actually watch it yet, and I don't, I don't know if I will because there wasn't too much that's super that really got me interested. Yeah. Um, I find the time I watch it. I actually um, was surprised they didn't even mention like iOS 12 or no, the they new didn't. They didn't. Apple Watch system operating system or any of that. No, they didn't. They didn't mention iOS 12. They didn't. Um, they might have. Uh, they might have touched on Watch OS 5, but hardly. Or we should um, say they mentioned it, but they didn't go over the features. They, yeah, they, they didn't. The they didn't. Um, they didn't have any kind of recap like they do normally, which was which was. Um, Slightly strange, um, but the air power, you know, has just disappeared. Uh, John, I wonder if they're not making it or if they're just well. John Gruber, um, and there's a link in the show notes. Uh, John Gruber says that uh, you know the word reaching him is that the uh, that the air power is in big trouble, um, and that somehow you know they believed they could get round it, and um, they can't. It apparently it's prone to getting very very hot, um, catching fire hot. Because yeah, that's not good. That's not a good. That's not a good thing. Um, so yes, John Gruber says that the word is that um, the air power is in big trouble, and that um, there are certain engineers at Apple who said, you know, this will not work, and now are walking around with somewhat smug "I told you so" faces, according to him. Um, which is a pity if it's true. Um, not that I was, you know, ever totally stoked by an air power charger i'll be honest um i'm sure it would be a lot of money <laughs> and there's plenty of other much cheaper options out there oh yeah i mean qi charging is uh, you know really um really cheap to get hold of you can pay anything from a few pounds up to however much money you want to spend really um and, and then of course there there were the phones with as per usual, I this always amazes me. This really amazes me. Apple sweat every single detail. And I'm not the only person who said that. You know, they sweat every single detail of their products. And then apparently they have a bunch of monkeys in the naming department who come up with absolutely terrible names. It's like, you what? Um, there you go. I think they need to just narrow it down. You know, there's a MacBook. And a MacBook Pro, and I guess the MacBook Air is still in play, but there's just an iMac, iMac Pro. I think it's definitely time to remove the uh, the numbers, if anything, from the iPhone. Yeah, I know, and and sort of. I mean, I know they call it it ten, but it's X. Right. <laughs> so it's you know we've got. I I suppose the simplest way to refer to them is is you know S S Max and R. Actually, of the of the three phones. Uh, the, the R was the one that caught my attention the most. Um, it's the, you know, it has an LCD display, um, not OLED. It, 
you know, it's in between the sizes of the other two. Um, it only has one camera, and yet it still can do the um, portrait mode lighting tricks and the um, new, you know, um, machine learning in, enhanced kind of... Right. I think the focus, aperture, almost like an aperture setting. Focus tricks. Right, depth um, of field. It was, yes. So that was the one that intrigued me, really. Um, almost certainly will be the one that I get because I don't, I don't, I can't justify the cost of the, either of the others. But um, internally, it's basically the same phone. Right. That was quite unusual this year as well. That there's very little difference between the phones. Whereas, you know, traditionally, since they've been doing the plus size phone, the plus phone has always had some feature that the other phones didn't have. You know, optical image stabilization or... Well, the Plus uh, still has the the zoom because of the two lenses. Yes. Um, But the... um, But you're right, there isn't much difference otherwise. No, there's, you know, the the S and the Max appear to be functionally identical. And uh, that's quite unusual. That struck me. That struck me. Um, Of course, the R comes in colors doesn't it to di- to help differentiate it it's available in black white silver product red okay. coral yellow and blue blue and yeah lemon or some other name although um, the colors are are to me fairly dull yes they're at least in the pictures that i've seen i mean remember the on the ipod touch i think is still available those those are the nice colors on the metallic ipod touches these are kind of blah to me they look a bit well, in photographs, they look quite wishy-washy. They reminded me, um, in the same way as when Apple did the the five C, the co- right. none of the colours in that were really what you'd call punchy, were they? I mean, the, the no, they of... were they were bright, but they still had like a touch of almost dullness to them. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm with you. Like, yes, like the um, the metallic iPod touches. What was that? The Gen Five or something, or the um, the old iPad uh, iPod Minis. Right, which were and know, the and which came in, you know, um, really quite vibrant colours, didn't they? Like magenta and um, sort of dark cyan. But anyway, I, I've been told that uh, in the flesh, as it were, they are um, they come across better. So we shall see. Okay, we shall see. I I also noticed um, that the camera, the camera bump um, on the R, they've made. No um, attempt to soften it at all. It, it it literally just looks like a camera lens, you know, stuck on there. Um, it's not. I wonder if that's how they got the features into it that they wanted to. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, on my on my seven, although the camera obviously protrudes from the back of the phone, the the bump is kind of you know chamfered, as it were. So it's it's not sticking out like a button. It's right, right. It it you know it has a kind of radius slope going up to the to the thing, whereas this one looks like it, it's almost like a like a miniature tuna can just stuck on. <laughs> hey, I'm looking at the picture now. It is kind of like more out there. Like case makers are going to have fun with that. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. I I don't know how much more if it protrudes more than the. It looks like it protrudes a bit more than the one on my seven because the one on my seven actually hardly protrudes at all. You know. Um. But there we are. Um, I suspect in time the uh, the R will be the one I'm will be getting. I, sh- I suspect I should probably get a black one, unless the um, unless the colours look you know stronger in real life than they've come out in the in the photographs. 
So uh, do you think you'll be getting a getting one? Uh, no, and I think, um, well, I think I've talked about this in the Slack. I have a brand new iPhone 8 in front of me right now. Ah, well, I yes. ordered the other day because um, I was the owner of an SE, and that was fine for me, and I liked the size of it and did everything that I wanted it to do. And um, I was hoping, holding out hope that they would upgrade the SE, but that died along yes, with several was, other things. That was also quietly removed, wasn't it? And it just, um, no more SE. Um, so um, for the, uh, besides the 8 dropping in price and being a more attractive price point, I like the smaller size of it. And uh, for what I do, it does plenty for what I do and what I need the phone for. So that'll be my phone for the next couple of years. Yeah, well, that, that's fair enough. I mean, I'm, I will be replacing mine because my, uh, my um my contract will be up um and uh that's that's how i get my phone so i you know the seven i will have had the seven for two years and my contract will come to an end and i will go and get a new phone so i'm pretty sure i really like uh touch id even though i know people love the face id but i'm a fan of touch id and I'll hold I... on to it for another two years while they work the kinks out of face id and i'm forced to use it yeah, well, I do, I do like, um, I do like the Touch ID. I, I, I think I might, um, I might find that a little bit weird. No, not, you know, not having a home button. Um, I'm sure the Face ID is is fine. Um, I, I've not, I don't think I know anybody who's, um, who's got a ten. So, um, or, or should I say, I don't know anybody in real life, as it were, to uh, get hands on. I know lots of people online who have tens. Um, I've, I've I've held a ten before briefly, and I mean, the not using the button was just natural because I knew I, it wasn't there, so I knew knew what to do from reading articles and stuff. Um, I didn't use the Face ID, but from seeing people use it, at least the people I used it, it actually to me seemed slower than I expected to unlock the phone. Right. Hmm. Well, we're lumbered with it now, Donnie. Right. Unless they add the touch ID to the screen. Well, yeah. Could happen. It could, but um, I don't know. Apple tend not to. uh, They're not much of ones for going back or when they've made a decision, have they? They make a decision and that's. um, We're going to tough it out. uh, Unless they do something terribly wrong. But um, no. I'm holding out hope that maybe they'll eventually also. uh, Bring back an SE size phone, but the iPhone 10 type style. Yes, that uh, you know. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are people out there who like the smaller phone. I think there's plenty. I mean, it fits in your pocket so much better too for people that need to keep it in their pocket, or some people have smaller hands. Yeah, and any number of reasons. Not everybody necessarily, I'm sure, feels the need to have a a whacking great phablet about their person. Um, I'll be interested. I will be interested to see what the um. What they are, uh, you know, how it feels size-wise, because obviously the whole thing with this um, ten style is that the you know you're getting more screen in less in less um, space, as it were. Right. So I shall I shall be interested to see what that's. Oh, and they the the one thing the R doesn't have is it doesn't have three t- uh, D touch, does it? They've taken they've taken out the three D touch. Right. Um, Which I have never had until I have the eight now, so I don't. I've never used it to comment on it. So no, well, obviously I've got 3D Touch, but I hardly ever use it. I'll be honest. There's a couple of places where I I use it. Um, I I tend to remember to do it in the control uh, center because you use that to adjust the brightness of the of the um flashlight. 
and and a few things like that. But other than that, I hardly ever use it. Um, so I, I don't I don't think I'd miss that. I don't think I'd miss that. Oh, the the other thing they did was that in the watch. Uh, apparently they're going to do some kind of haptic long touch in in place of touch three uh, D touching. So I don't know. That will be interesting to uh, to you know experience in the watch. The other thing, one in the watch, they've added uh, a haptic to the to the crown, the digital crown, which um, I reckon that will feel quite nice. They, so that it can make the uh, the wheel feel like it clicks as you flick over things. That sounded quite nice. Not worth four hundred pounds, but. <laughs> It's quite nice. I'll get there eventually. Oh dear. But yeah, it, it was a very strange event, really. Very strange. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I, I saw about two or three minutes of the actual live feed, and I noticed it the last couple of keynotes. They seem like they're rushing through everything lately. Like they're they're just talking super fast and just trying to knock it out as yeah, fast as they can. It, yeah, yeah, I did notice that. They, and yet. You know, they only really had three phones and a watch to talk right. about. Um, so, I don't know. They seem to go over some parts of it. They seem to go over like two or three times. And it's, I don't know. I mean, we did get to have, have Johnny. Johnny Johnny and his videos, which I always like, I have to say. I like listening to Johnny. But, um, it, it, yeah, it just felt a bit weird. The whole... Um, I felt anyway, compared to a lot of other product, you know, type events that they've held. Right. It, it just seemed a bit. I, I don't know. I mean, Maybe I suppose they were planning on doing the Mac and the iPad and and dropped it last minute and said, OK, we need to fill things in and talk that, you know, who knows? Who knows? But I, I, I guess some of it may be, uh, of course, you know, with nine to five Mac basically blowing the whole reveal out of the water. That might have had something to do with it in that, you know, when they, was gone or something. yeah, when they re- revealed the watch, if, if nine to five hadn't basically leaked it all, then there probably would have been gla- gasps and applause, but everybody was like, yeah, but we've seen it. Right. <laughs> so I guess it's relatively hard for Apple to whip up a huge amount of, you know, how, where do you get the surprise and awe from when everybody knows what you're going to reveal it's that was that was you know i'm sure that had something to do with it and we were all a bit and i maybe the fact that we all seen a bit underwhelmed by what they released was also partly because we were hoping for more just in case there was something we could have something we didn't know was coming you know there we are right well i tell you what why don't we take a short break and uh let John Nemo open the hardware store um, and we can refresh our uh, beverages and we'll be back in a short while. So, Sounds good. Yep. Take it away, John. I'm trying something new again. I'm using my iPhone just like last week using the voice memo app, but I'm sitting outside this time. So you're going to hear some background noise. Unlike last week when I was in the car, Simon said he thought the iPhone was just fine when I'm in an emergency situation without my studio. So let's just see how far we can go with this. Nemo's Hardware Store is stocking three new and exciting items in our inventory. The first one is called Pictar, P-I-C-T-A-R. It's a very unusual, and I hesitate to use the word, but it is true. It is a unique case that you slide your iPhone in, and it turns the iPhone, including the case, into an actual adjustable camera 
with the shutter release, just like you would expect a point-and-shoot camera to be. You must go to the website and see the video and the other information that we provide. $100 plus in the U.S. will have the information as the new models are released. comes in pink and white. I got the attractive pink model. We always like to be colorful here in Nemo land. And so please learn about Pictar because it completely changes the way that you use your iPhone for photography. P-I-C-T-A-R. The Pictar One. O-N-E. The website is mymigo. M-Y-M-I-G-G-O dot com. Mymigo dot com. And then snoop around and you will see the links for the different models of the Pictar. And we will have this in our show notes for this week's episode of Essential Apple Podcast. It looks to be very promising and really innovative for people who want to take their iPhone photography way more seriously than they currently do. From the same company, MyMigo.com, is three different mounts in one compact tripod. It has the unusual name of Splat. That's S-P-L-A-T 3N1. Splat 3N1 by Migo. I have seen this type of product before. This takes it to the next level. It's a pentapod, meaning it's got five fully adjustable and squeezable and bendable legs to the tripod. And then it has an expandable, an expandable grip around the top that you slide your iPhone or camera, iPod Touch or GoPro, whatever you want. You can slide it in there. You can clamp this to a tree, set it on a desk or a table, find a place to position it securely in your car, wherever you go. It's a wonderful product. I will be using this today in my recording session for my new band, which is called the Cactus Pickers. And we will set the iPhone right in it so that it stands up nice and straight and I can monitor the recording again using voice memo. Cost is $25 in the U.S. by two or more and they are $20 each. Comes in a medium blue, not dark, not light, splat 3N1 flexible tripod. I will use this just about every day for recording and action shots and I will use this very frequently and I strongly recommend it. The Pictar will take more time to get used to, but the Splat will be put into operation immediately. Third product comes from a company called Black Loud. That's B-L-A-C-K-L-O-U-D. Blackloud.com. It's called the Sound Dot. S-O-U-N-D-O-T. Sound Dot AF1 FM headset for iOS devices. It's a lightning tip set of earbuds it comes in red, costs $80 in the U.S., comes with a dedicated app that you download that has a wonderful FM receiver. So you can listen to FM radio wherever you are, regular FM radio. You don't need to log into NPR. You don't need to go to TuneIn or any of those other radio services. It knows where you are, and it finds your local radio stations. You can make those presets and favorites. It has an equalizer. It's got very robust features. The app from blackloud.com for the Sound.AF1 FM headset. I have listened to it. The sound is good. It's not superb. These are not audiophile headphones, but they are comfortable. They go securely into your ear. They're very well constructed, and they have that lightning tip, so you don't need any adapters. Now that Apple does not include them 
anymore with the new excess phones that they just came out with, the Xer and the Excess. So that's it for Nemo's Hardware Store this week. Thanks to Black Loud and to MyMigo for providing the three products for our review. The Pictar 1, the Splat 3-in-1, and Sound.AF1 AF1 FM headset from Black Loud. Back next week. Thank you, John. And uh, John has asked me to point out that the earbuds, the Black Cloud earbuds, are not just for FM. They work as ordinary, uh, you know, earphones. So you can use them for listening to music and, uh, you know, making phone calls and all the other things that you would expect. Also, if you're interested in the camera um, grip, there is a video, an explanatory video about the product, uh, which there is a link in the show notes. And if you're interested in that product, it's well worth watching. Uh, I will just say that. Right then, Donnie. Um, what next? Um, Apple have pledged to give a million dollars to the Red Cross as uh, Hurricane Florence makes landfall. Well, jolly good. Well done, Apple. Doing the right thing. Pocket change to them, I'm sure. But uh, right. <laughs> still, you know, I'm sure the Red Cross will be more than glad of it. And um, if Hurricane Florence does as much damage as they were predicting, then I'm sure plenty of people will be glad to uh, have the assistance of the Red Cross. So uh, to anybody who's uh, listening to this and has uh, been through Hurricane Florence, I hope you're all OK. Um, there we go. Not a lot else to say about that, is there? No, and I would suspect a link shows up in iTunes sooner or later for. Um, oh yes, there'll be a do- there'll be a donation. Um, because of course Hurricane Florence is not the only uh violent storm out there at the moment. Um, the Philippines was lashed by a Category Five typhoon. Um, and I also understand that a big tropical storm or typhoon is bearing down on Hong Kong. So um, everybody try and stay safe, I suppose. Right. And I'm sure this won't be the last of the hurricanes for us in the U.S. this season. Oh, no. I'm sure it most definitely will not be. I mean, it's been, um, you know, a very, very hot year globally. um, And that's going to put a lot of energy into the atmosphere. And that's going to lead to more violent hurricanes, I am sure. So uh, there we go. Um, So there we go. Yeah, Apple have given a million dollars to the Red Cross for uh, hurricane uh, relief. Shall we do this story about um, app was deleting bought films from people's iTunes accounts, which turned out not to be the truth. Um, Forbes, Forbes uh, started this story. uh, And yes, basically, they said that Apple is deleting films from people's iTunes accounts um, and don't expect to get a refund for it. Um, So... uh, do you want to take the lead on this one, Donnie? Because I think you know more about it than I do. Um, well, it seems as if someone originally, someone said um, they had, I think they had tried to view movies that they purchased in iTunes and um, they went to their account and they weren't there and they contacted Apple. And initially, um, if I remember correctly, I'm looking at the article, Apple said, you know, we're just kind of the keepers of the movies. We don't make us make uh, the rules about what stays in the store and film companies can pull their movies at any time. And I think they offered the person a couple of movie rentals as a, a um, kind of quote unquote refunder to uh, for losing the movies. 
right. and then um, turns out that uh, the person actually moved countries and switched iTunes stores. And as a result, I, would, I think his movies that he lost are still in the iTunes store of the other country. If yeah. I read it correctly, I I I think that as I read it, he changed region, right? Um, you know, as like with DVDs, aren't they? They're regionalized and to you know the US or the Far East or or wherever. And um, as I understood it, the problem had arisen in that by changing region, some films which he had purchased, uh, you know, where he was a resident originally, were not available in the region to which he had moved. Or it was a different version. Yeah. Where he, something like that. Yeah. So um, in the same way as, you know, if you, if you buy a, you know, if you buy a DVD in Japan, um, be warned that it probably won't work in your DVD player at, uh, you know, back in the US. Um, uh, plus, of course, there's the the fact that uh, Apple are, are right that, of course, the licensing for movies uh, comes from the studios and they can and do sometimes pull their movies. And if you've purchased that movie, um, I'm afraid you are out of luck. Um, unless, of course, you have surreptitiously downloaded it and made a copy uh, for your own protection. Um, now, what I wasn't sure about in these articles, and the latest one, I think, was from Slash Film. Was that the last link? Yeah, that's the last one, Slash Film. Um, stating to go, um, you know, look at your purchased items through the iTunes store. You can click the purchase button and download from there. But I'm wondering if, if a... If a company pulls their film from itunes if apple will still keep the file in your purchase section or if it that disappears also i I understand it disappearing from the store for sale but will they keep it on their server to download i i wouldn't think so because you know if warner brothers pulls a film for some reason um they don't want you to have it (laughs) they don't want you to have it for whatever Uh, reason um you know most of these things are to do with licensing and right all sorts of other tomfoolery. I mean, let's, and I'm pretty sure it's fairly complicated because I mean, watch any the start of any big movie these days, and you know, it's not one studio, is it? You don't. It's not like, um, oh, you know, a Columbia's picture, and and then you know, it will be a Columbia picture with Viacom and so and so, and then there's the studios, and oh, it's a you know. So and all of those people, you know, have a finger in the pie right. of, of of the licensing about how and where the movie is distributed and how much it costs and whatever. But there we go. Yes, Ben. I suppose really, um, the answer to that is one. You know, be aware that you don't actually own anything you buy from the iTunes store technically. And uh, yeah, if you if you want to keep a copy, make your own backup. Uh, I really would. Uh, right. There or at least are. download the movies that are really important to you. Yes. You yes. want to have a copy of. I'm pretty sure they don't pull that many. Um, although, apparently, uh, Carl Madden over on uh, the Mac and Forth show said he noticed that a lot of his 4K movies have been uh, temporarily, well, he's hoping temporarily, downgraded to um, HD. That's interesting. But he he was um, surmising um, and hoping that this was something to do with the um, the launch of the Atmos, the uh, Dolby Atmos, um, 
and he was wondering if uh, the 4K films are being taken down, temporarily replaced with the HD version, and then we'll come back with the Atmos added, which it sounds to, you know, sounded like a, a viable... Uh, Makes sense. You know, a vi- because he, he said that, um, obviously, the Atmos is le- le- launching Monday, I think, along with... The update, maybe. Yeah, the update. That sounds right. I think Apple TV has an update coming out Monday also. Yes. I mean, um, so there we are. Um, So, you know, if you are um, an iTunes movie person and you uh, have something to say about that, uh, perhaps you can, you know, contact the show and let us know. I'm I'm not a huge user of um, iTunes. I, I will be honest. I have an Apple TV, but I use it mostly to watch Netflix and Amazon Prime video. I will be honest. Um. Yes, there we go. Um, of course, the other, the other thing about this whole story breaking with Forbes was a bit of a, a bit of a. Don't bother to check the facts. Just rush out a story criticizing Apple because you'll right. get lots of clicks. Um, you know, I'm sure that drove a, a huge spike in their, <laughs> in their clicks. Um, but of course, it turned out not actually to be the case. So there we are. Uh, there's links to several stories there in the uh, in the show notes for anybody who wants to follow that up. Cult of Mac uh, had an article saying Apple is losing market share but still makes the most most money. Um, I don't think there's much of a surprise here. Um, I think they'll be getting market share back with the watch and the phone now. So yeah. Uh, by what did they say here? Um, Apple's uh, share of the smartwatch smart watch market has declined by fourteen percent. Um, truth is, I'm I'm not particularly surprised by that. I'm sure if you're Apple, they've got their eye on it. But um, it's like when the iPhone came out. You know, the iPhone had sort of ninety percent of the smartphone market until other manufacturers started to produce products that might actually be able to compete. Um, right. And, you know, Apple basically, you know, started the smartwatch, uh, you know, phenomenon. I know they're not the first people to have done it. You know, we know that there were other smartwatches out there. But, you know, let's be honest, it was this Apple Watch is the smartwatch that started the whole phenomenon. And, uh, you know, in that situation, you're going to be the market leader with a huge, um, by a huge margin at the start. but then other people are going to come along and start nibbling into that. So, you know, you've got people like Garmin and, uh, you know, Fitbit. Fit, Fitbit with their new, you know, their rev- uh, revised smartwatch. Um, there we go. Um, however, it says here um, that they're still making all the money. <laughs> what a surprise. Apple took all the money. Uh, right. Um, yeah, I, I, it says here. Um, Apple has the biggest money maker in the smartphone market by a long shot, thanks to the iPhone 10, and held 62% of the market. Samsung suffered a double-digit sales loss and is a distant second down at 17%. So uh, I shouldn't, you know, the truth is there's a lot of people making smartphones and there's a lot of people making smartwatches. And even if they're niche people... um, you know, you can't you can't have ninety percent of the market forever because other people will at- attack your your lead. It just seems like um, business one hundred and one to me. Right, but Apple's biggest uh, advantage is they make the watch, they make the phone, they make the computer, and they all work together pretty much seamlessly. 
And uh, it's so much easier to get those up and running than, for example, my father got, I don't know what the newest Fitbit watch is, but it looks like an Apple watch and has different features on it. And I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to get music on it to for him to uh, listen to music through it or get Pandora to work on it like it's supposed to, even after searching the internet for solutions. Um, all I kept finding were people with the same issue. So um, it makes a big difference when everything works together and clicks. It, of course, it does. Um, and I, I think that is, uh, you know, that is that is Apple's big strength. You know, it, it's it, integration, services, um, ease of use, ease of... Uh, I mean, things like continuity are, you know, amazing tools. The ability that, you know, you can be reading an email on your phone and then if you sit down at the desk, the little thing pops up and you can click on it and the email you had open on your phone is, you know, open on your computer. All those things are just, um, well, part of what make us Apple fans, aren't they? So there we are. Uh, Apple has released the Golden Master version of the iOS 12 Shortcuts app. Um, no surprise there. No surprise there, no. Um, of course, that will be going, uh, you know, that will be appearing along with uh, iOS 12, I believe, on Monday. Tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow. There we are. Um, yes, well, Shortcuts, um, not something I've really investigated, but if you are into... Um, scripting and automation and uh, all that whole sort of thing that's uh, the shortcuts app is very much the uh, well it's the way to go isn't it it's apple's whole um, sort of apple script for ios um, and i know uh, i know scott scott wilsey from um, pocket size podcast he's a big fan of the shortcuts app yeah i'm looking forward to it just to be able to if it does what i think looks like you can do instead of having to like dig through settings to get the bluetooth you can set up a series shortcut to say bluetooth and it'll go right to the bluetooth settings or yeah that, I, something I, like that i think it'll once people get the hang of it and know how to use it it can save a lot of time and make the phone a lot little mean uh little tasks can be done a lot quicker yes very much so um as i say i haven't really looked at it but i i do know um Although I'm running the the iOS 12 beta on my phone, I thought I would probably wait until uh, it went final before I started messing around with the with that sort of thing. Um, so I shall be uh, having a look at that probably next week, which will be. Um, I know it sounds strange that I'm running the beta and yet I'm not using all of the beta features, but I, I don't know. I the, the whole thing with the shortcuts, I just got the impression that. Um, it wasn't quite finished. I mean, it's a ba it was a beta within a beta, as it were. Um, so obviously, it wasn't quite finished. But I, well, I had it on an iPad, and um, unless a developer had it built into a beta version of their app, you really couldn't do much with it yet, anyway. Because I think only Apple's apps um, had the features to test in it. Right. So anyway, I yeah, I didn't get involved in that. I thought that would uh, be a you know. Um, Something that would best be experienced when it was available um, fully fully baked, as it were. Right. And it is a separate download. I don't think it's part of iOS 12. No. At least in the testing, you have to download it separately. I don't so I think yes, it's not. A, yeah, it's, it, it is a separate app, isn't it? You have to um, to download it. Uh, well, let me see. What have we got? We've got some um, security stories here. Uh, the first one is a slightly odd one. It says Apple has started paying hackers for iPhone exploits. And this was on Motherboard. Um, now, like you, as you said uh, just before the show, 
Donny. You know, I thought Apple had been paying, um, you know, paying bug bounties for some time. Um, and, and what it says here is in 2016, Apple's head of security surprised the attendees of one of the biggest security conferences in the world by announcing a bug bounty program for Apple's mo- mobile um, operating system. Um, according to this, at the beginning, Apple struggled to woo researchers and convince them to report high value bugs. Um, companies like Grayshift and Azimuth make an entire business out of exploiting vulnerabilities. Um, and while other researchers didn't want to report bugs so they could continue to research uh, iOS. Um, Two years later, some researchers are finally reporting vulnerabilities to Apple, and a company has begun to award some researchers with bounties. Um, But then the article kind of veers off into saying, you know, know, oh, well, I report, you know, I reported a bug and I never got a bounty. But some people are saying they did get paid. I did a very strange article with truth yeah. be told it that sort of doesn't go anywhere um you know a researcher who asked to re- remain anonymous because they are worried about souring their relationship with apple said they have submitted a few bugs and have been awarded bounties but have yet to be paid i haven't been paid this year because i'm waiting for last year's payments he said so um i don't know it's all a bit all a bit of a strange article that one um but yeah apple do have a bug bounty and uh if you are a developer and report, uh, you know, a significant uh, vulnerability, they will apparently give you money. So there we are. Um, yeah, slightly, slightly strange article that one was. Um, this this one is uh, a bit more. This is the firmware weakness in modern laptops exposes encryption keys. Um, now. I found this on Global Banking and Finance Review, uh, which is a strange place to find anything. And no, I didn't find it uh, directly. But I think it turned up in Apple News. I'll be honest. Um, this is a sort of an old, um, a sort of an old attack being um, revamped. For um, this is one of these ones where an attacker needs physical access to the computer. Um, it, it's uh, it's known as a cold boot attack. Um, which is, you know, not a new thing. Um, and that involves rebooting a computer without uh, shutting it down first. So basically just, you know, a forced reboot. Um, and then you can recover data, which is briefly accessible in the RAM. Uh, the, the F-Secure team apparently have, they now have a, uh, a way to uh, to use um, a tool to reboot the computer and prevent it from overwriting the RAM so that they can then um, use this cold boot attack to recover data from RAM. Um, it's a fair... But like it says, they need access to the computer, so... Yeah, it's it's not... I mean, I always say, if somebody's got their hands on your computer, all bets are off. Um, right. This is, this and they're is... probably waiting for a bounty from Apple, too. <laughs> um, well, this affects basically all, all uh, you know, all computers. It's um, they have shared their research with Intel, Microsoft, and Apple. Uh, there's no easy fix for this issue. It's a risk which companies are going to have to address on their own. Um, it, it's not a sort of attack that I think most average people are going to have to worry about. Um, they're talking here about you know, uh, financial institutions and, uh, you know, those sort of people who uh, might be at risk of, you know, a lost laptop allowing somebody, 
a way in to their, you know, through their security. But um, there you go. It was interesting. Interesting uh, read. Um, how much you can recover from force rebooting a, you know, a machine and then grabbing the contents of its RAM, I have no idea. But uh, it's obviously something you can recover something worth having or it wouldn't be a story. Um, there we are. That's, that's a, a, one of those. Uh, yes, not something that most of us would uh, need to worry about, I don't think. But uh, just... Uh, I don't know, there are always people out there trying to find ways to break things. Um, there we are. Our, our friend Andy Yen of uh, Proton Mail. Um, there's a TED talk uh, about, uh, th- you think your email is private? Think again. Um, there's a link in the show notes to that. That's a, a quite a good watch, not too long. Um, and also Andy Yen was uh, interviewed um, on Medium. And I have a link here. It was uh, Zulu Republic who uh, who interviewed him, um, and that is a link to a ser- series of sort of short nine videos. The um, they've kind of broken the uh, interview up into sort of nine very short segments, each one addressing a particular question, uh, which is worth a listen if you're interested in uh, how uh, you know what Andy Yen has to say about it. Um, a person who, by the way, I very much agree with his his stance. He's very much um, of the opinion that without privacy, you know, you cannot support a proper democracy. So I have to say, uh, yeah, I'm, I believe that very much. Uh, so there we are. Um, the U.S. carriers have created a, uh, create a single sign-on service which could put an end to passwords, according to Engadget. Um, well, there's not much information either in the article about how. Go ahead, I'll wait till you. Well, no, I mean it, it's it's called Project Verify, um, and it's uh, AT and T, Verizon, T-Mobile, and Sprint uh, have teamed up to create a single sign-on service that could mean you won't have to use a password manager or remember your hopefully strong login credentials. Um, yeah, the only problem with that is I'm not sure that I would t- trust AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile or Sprint to be uh, <laughs> a reliable guardian of my uh, login credentials, personally. Well, if, would every website would have to adopt this also, wouldn't they? I would I would guess so. I, I um, You will be able to use the Project Verify app to log into services that have enabled it as an option. So, you know, they've got to get everybody else to take up this. It's like those things where you can log into other services using your Facebook login or your Google login. Right, I guess so, right. Um, You know, there are services that do that. Um, Of course, Google and Facebook both use it as a way to track you and figure out what you're doing. Um, I would imagine this could be a similar type of thing. To you know, see what you're doing and direct ads. and It would be difficult for a hacker to spoof all the methods that Project Verify uses to establish your identity. So it seems somewhat secure. However, if someone was to steal your phone and were able to unlock the device, they could cause all kinds of chaos. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Um, I guess you can say at least it's a start and someone's heading in that direction and maybe something else will come down the road once this sees the light of day. And Yeah. Maybe someone like Apple and Microsoft can team up, or yeah, um, you know, some apps could require additional login data, like a PIN or your fingerprint. Um, I'm always wary of any of these kind of 
I know dealing with, you know, logins, endless logins and different passwords is a fag. It's a complete and utter drag. But I'm always wary of anything that says, you know, we're going to create this single, um, you know, this single thing that you log into and then that gives you access to everything else. That always strikes me as a single point of failure. If, if that's not actually secure properly, that could do you a lot more harm than good. Um, maybe you could call me a, you know, tinfoil hatted paranoid, but, um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not keen on that idea at all. I'll be honest. Don't know what you think. I don't know. I'm still, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I use one password all the time and I think I always try to get people to use that, but I think there's a lot of people, my parents and my wife included that refuse to use a password manager. And, um, if something like this can maybe help them, I don't know, have to see how we'd have to see how it plays out i think yeah yeah i i i don't know i'm just personally i can't tell you how many times i go to my parents house and try to help them do something and we have to reset the password every time i'm there because they can't remember the password or remember where they wrote it down or <laughs> i'll save it i'll save it in one password but then they'll change it and not tell me so yeah no one still knows the password and no i um of course i'm i have to say i'm a big user of the apple you know the apple keychain um that that's you know it's not perfect but that really does help a lot um and that will generate you know random strong passwords right. and whatnot for you um in the same way and you know other password managers are available uh, LastPass and uh, as you say one password um and i think siri shortcuts is supposed to make it that easier too that that would um you know that would that would be good i, I know what you mean um and you know, I I despair all the time at the number of times I get messages in my email saying, you know, my kids are basically resetting their passwords every time yeah. they use a damn service. Because like, it's like, just... I think it could be good for those sites you go to that you have to log in, but it, like you have to set up an account, but it, the account really means nothing, and you need a login to use it. And if you like, a, you want a junk login to use at those types of sites, might be helpful there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I guess. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just brainstorming here. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I, I mean, I mean, it doesn't say much in this article, does it? Right. So it, it's all a bit. I guess it's still a work in progress. Yeah, I mean, there is a there is a little YouTube video here, so perhaps you know, perhaps we. Should... I watched it. I don't think it had much information. I didn't have any information in it either. Oh well, never mind. Um. Microsoft Windows has done a U-turn removing a warning about installing Chrome or Firefox. Um, this it, this is a, a, a funny little story, and um, it, it's almost uh, almost on the level of let's let's bash uh, you know Microsoft for doing something um, because where the, they had um, a screen where if you went to install uh, Chrome or Firefox or Opera or some other browser, you would get a, 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 a you know, a, a window would appear saying you already have Microsoft Edge, the safer, faster browser for Windows 10. And then with a button, you know, open Microsoft Edge, uh, install anyway, um, you know, and, and I don't want to see this warning anymore. Um, however, saying, you know, Microsoft Windows U-turn is... is um, not really true because this was only in the fast ring windows preview builds so um you, you know you have to be uh, a windows insider um and 
on the fast ring, uh, by the way, as well, which I think is mostly for, you know, um, serious developers. Um, yeah, so great. So they had a thing in there and then they've decided um, that perhaps that's not a great idea. Um, it says here, the feature raised a few hackles and brought back memories of Microsoft's strong arm tactics in promoting the old Internet Explorer browser. Um, but it seems like, yeah, OK, either either that or people, you know, they got a lot of feedback from the insiders going, don't put that in there. It just looks stupid. Um, the feature. Yeah. So uh, Microsoft didn't immediately respond to a request for a comment. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> uh, so there, yes, they had this uh, screen promoting in Internet um, Microsoft Edge and now they've pulled it because they've obviously decided it's not a great plan. There we are. So, um, as I say, that was a bit a funny little article, sort of bashing something that was only in the test builds for insiders. Very strange. Um, there we go. Uh, worth a chirp. We have a worth a chirp from uh, Mac Jim. Apparently, a company called Moment have released the first made-for-iPhone battery case for the iPhone X, just as it is discontinued. Um, and there's a link to The Verge. Uh, I was a bit surprised by this, Donnie. I was surprised that um, this company, Moment, uh, have released this thing. And I'm surprised that, Mo, you know, Mophie or someone haven't, uh, you know... Jumped on the bandwagon had earlier. Already, ...had already done it. Um, very well, it strange. says it was a Kickstarter campaign. So that takes time to uh, yeah. get yeah. off the ground once you get... But then they have to follow through with it once it's um, funded. And, As they um, say, you know, it's quite shocking that this Kickstarter... Uh, uh, project have uh, released a product before Mofi, but it did. Right, and um, it's kind of surprising you would need a Kickstarter project for it. Yes, yes. Um, there we go. So, not a bad. It's average price for one of these battery cases too. Yep, it's not a bad looking thing, is it? Um, or no. not from the picture, not from the shot here. It's also um, I see. It says this new battery photo case includes a, a thirty-one hundred milliamp hour battery. Um. And it has a new lens interface, so users can add on one of the company's perspective-changing lenses. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. But it doesn't work with iOS 12 yet. The, at least the app that controls the lens. Right, but I'm sure that would... Uh, right. Um, and it says it's not certified for the iPhone XS or XS or whatever you want to call it. But Well, no, but they're different size, aren't they? That's they right. They wouldn't fit anyway, would it? Or am I remembering no i i they're not the same size are they they're not the same size as the 10 at least i'm i don't believe they are so there we go well anyway if you have an iphone 10 and you want a battery case for it <laughs> moment apparently are the first company selling one um just as the product has uh, been discontinued there we go which actually is neither here nor there because there are a lot of iphone 10s in circulation and uh, right to be honest, if ever you were likely to need a battery case, it's probably as your product gets a bit older. I'm looking on Mophie's website now. Yeah, the only thing they have available are um, like USB type of batteries mm. and mm. charging mounts. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. Or maybe it's just that, you know, maybe people are not, uh, you know, not so keen on battery cases anymore. Um, they are bulky and add more weight. Yeah, there is that. Um, I've I've occasionally looked at iPhone you know, battery cases, but uh, for me personally, obviously I work in an office at a desk most of the time. Um, I I do not, you know, drain my iPhone battery that quickly. Um, and even if I do, you know, I've always got a cable I can just plug it in. Um, 
But I, I've whenever I've looked at um, battery cases, even the thin ones, um, I've always ended up thinking, isn't it just easier to have one of these, you know, a pocket, a pocket battery? Um, right, me too. Especially pack. if you switch phones, the case is useless. Yes. So, um, and they're often very expensive. I have to say. Right. Um, I mean, I've got, you know, I've got a pocket battery that will completely recharge my my uh, iPhone 7 twice, I think, and I only paid about £15. Pounds. Um, and then you go and look at a, a battery case and, you know, often they'll set you back 100 or more. So maybe it's just a market that is no longer, I don't know. And maybe with wireless charging, that's also a factor, isn't it? That, that down on your desk and it charges. Yeah, that, that's also not possibly a factor that people don't, you know, don't feel the need. There we are. Um, right, we have a message. Uh, this is an important announcement. <laughs> Joe Cassell, uh, who was on the show uh, from Take Control, has sent, it, uh, sent us a message. It says, I have created a coupon code, Essential Apple, all caps, which is good for 30% off any purchase from us and valid until uh, November the 30th. Listeners can either enter the code manually at checkout or they can use a link which has the essential, uh, has the coupon code built into it. Um, and that's in the show notes. Uh, just mark 30% off. Click that if you want to buy any books from uh, Joe Cassell and get yourself 30% off. So thank you very much, Joe. We appreciate that. And uh, any of you listening who would like Take Control Books, use the link and save some money. Um, I think that's pretty much it, don't you, Donny? Yeah. Unsurprisingly, not a lot of stories other than um, the obvious, of course. And uh, there we are. So, uh, Donny, do you want to, you know, promote your endless supply of products? Sure. Uh, I'm uh, R-T-T-E-A-C-H-R on Twitter. Um, I have a bunch of new sticker apps for iMessage and a whole bunch of old ones available um, in the App Store. In the iBook store, I've got a bunch of children's books and some not children books, how to draw books, um, stuff like that. And I'm um, sure there'll be a bunch of links in the show notes for them. There yeah, right. will indeed. And of course, you are also scribbly on the designbundles.net. Right. Which I just added a couple of things to that too. Very good. Very good. Thank you then, Donny. Um, I am, of course, on Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S E R E N A K. The show is at Essential Apple. Uh, all of our stuff is on EssentialApple.com on the web. And uh, that's probably about it. So I think what we'll do is we'll say goodbye, everybody. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to the Essential Apple podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with T 
Tim and David, the Nintendo Club podcast, the geekiest show ever, the three geeky ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I forgot. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcast, and take a listen. Hey Siri, could you beat the Three Geeky Ladies promo script? Sure. Elisa says, Welcome to the Three Geeky Ladies podcast and introduces Susay and Vicky. Susay says, Hello everyone. Vicky says, Hi. Elisa, want to know how we feel about the new Apple product? Susay, what about the iOS camera, Vicky, or the MacBook Pro update? Elisa, Susay, and Vicky in unison. Then, listen to the Three Geeky Ladies podcast. Siri, the Three Geeky Ladies podcast on the My Mac Podcasting Network. Essential Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.